Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. I have very little confidence in the Minnesota Vikings. I'm sorry, man. They should be they should be winning a lot of these games. Yeah, I know they the close be. games yeah. this and close games that. It's just perfect example yesterday. They got a turnover in overtime. Yeah, exactly. Those that should wrap things up. Yep. You over. you don't get the ball first in over. overtime and you turn the other team over. You should instead you know, they went three and out. And Cousins just goes back. And, I mean, Cousins needs to have one of those four classic 400-yard Kirk Cousins games. You know, about, I would say, they got to have at least what with the rest of their schedule? You got to have that at least seven, eight times. Was he being was he being sarcastic on the classic four hundred yard games? No, no he he was being serious. You, you could tell he was he's basically trying to say Kirk Cousins has to have those huge it, games. Is but, there a, is there a classic? Is there such a thing as a classic Kirk Cousins four hundred yard game that I, I think he's exaggerating he's the stat? But it, yeah, okay, but, he had he. I'm sorry, yeah, he has games. He has thrown for four hundred yards. Four, three times as a Viking. Yeah, Kirk Tober, man, it needs oh, to happen Kirk-tober. for the rest of the season. None of them, and none of them in October. None nope. of them in October. All uh, I know is Kirk Tober is a real thing, and I <laughs> stand by it. Okay. Uh, he did. By the way, this is Mackie and Judd, Daily Minnesota oh, Sports Entertainment. Yeah, yeah you. That's Go ahead. Fine. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, yeah, you you know where you are. You know where you are when the truth spews right from the start. <laughs> You're like, oh, what is this? Oh, they're speaking truth about they're Minnesota old. sports. This, this, this must be Mackie and Judd. Is this a Minnesota sports show? This must be scoring. Who are these jokers? Uh, so Kirk Cousins, 400-yard uh, games in his career. He had three with Washington as well. By the way, yeah. all of his – okay. Can I tell you that Alex Boone has tried calling me twice in the first minute of this he's, show? He's calling me now. Is he? Yes. I think I, th- I think I don't know if there's like an emergency. We can just talk to him afterwards, like a football emergency. But I did I mean, send I him. Just, I yeah. sent him some film to watch last night. I said, okay. "Can you tell me this clip that's going around social media where it's it's I think it was the I might it might have been the final drive again where uh, before the third and nine they he swung a pass to Dalvin Cook going around the left side and and uh, he's calling. There's me a now. clip. Is he? <laughs> Should I answer what's wrong? It? Why don't you why don't you turn your mic off and answer it and just say hey we're recording but I don't know what it is if there's like some sort of football like if this emergency was my wife or something I might be like I got it guys can we hold the show but it's Alex Bull like what the like 
the footballs are on fire. Yeah, but I sent him. I sent him the uh, the clip. I said, "All right, I need." There's an argument on Twitter here that Kirk checked it down to a running back, but there's like two routes and one cornerback. Oh yeah, and yeah, there's some debate over like could he have thrown a yeah. ball into a tight window to Justin Jefferson? Yep. Or did he have to swing it out immediately to Dalvin Cook because he's Mister Checkdown, right? And and he didn't get back to me last night because he's got like nine kids and he's busy. And I think uh-huh. he's calling to talk about that play. Um, but here's my question to you to start the show here. We'll get to write that down, predictions and accountability session. Somebody on Ventline asked us on Sunday night, and we haven't really gotten to this, but it's it's an interesting question. Yep. Have the Vikings squandered the career peaks of some of their best players? Eric Kendricks, I believe, is 30 now. I think Kendricks is 30 now. Adam Thielen's over 30. Harrison Smith's over 30. Dalvin Cook's not 30, but that whole situation that came out last night is a, that's another. We talked about that on Purple After Dark. But I mean, Dalvin Cook, it's possible he's past his physical peak as a running back. Yeah. You know, you never know. Yeah. Uh, Daniil Hunter, not because of age, but like back to back season ending injuries. Do you think they've squandered the career peaks of some of their best players? Like, have they missed a window here with the core of their roster? Well, yeah, probably they have. So the answer is yes. Now ask me, do I really care? And I I will tell you that the career peak that I am uh, most concerned about and that I don't want to see squandered is, is a guy who is not there yet, but will be Justin Jefferson. A lot of the players that you mentioned are really good at football. Like, they're really good at football, okay? But Justin Jefferson's special. And and I'm much more concerned about the few players that I consider special. Like Moss was special, right? Jefferson is special. Thielen's damn good, but he's just damn good. Um, so the answer to the question is yes. They are squandering or have squandered because they have not gotten to a uh, Super Bowl with them, clearly. They have squandered guys like Thielen. Cook's a weird one because he's a running back. And they, yes, his career is passing him by without them being as successful as they should be. But he's gotten so much work that I don't know like how I feel about him. But I am very concerned about Jefferson. Because if the Minnesota Vikings don't maximize him, he is a potential. And I use the word potential, so I'm not saying surefire. Hall of Fame player. And in my opinion, that's the type of career where if it gets done and it's like, well, we made a couple of runs, didn't really make it to a Super Bowl. But, you know, I mean, it was fun, right? It's like, no, you don't get it. I mean, the fact that Randy Moss didn't play in a Super Bowl as a Viking, is almost criminal. Like, it's really sad. It is. A player like that. So, So it's a great question. The answer is yes. I don't care about the majority of the names that you read, but I am concerned that a potential Hall of Fame talent like Jefferson is very clearly to me right now being put on the same track, which goes back to why what we've discussed, which is this is directly why changes need to be made to give the kid the best chance possible. Yeah, there's also, I mean, there's there's players even before that, right? Everson Griffin's prime was sort of t- more toward the beginning of Mike Zimmer's career as coach. Um, so I think the answer is yes. If if by the way, if if by squandered we mean didn't put together multiple playoff runs during the peak of some of these great players' careers, I don't know that. I don't know that I would say you squandered someone's career if you didn't win a Super Bowl 
we could have that debate. But I don't think they've made enough playoff appearances or playoff runs or one playoff game. Like, they did win a miracle game in 2017, so they have won two playoff games in the last five-year window, to be fair. Sure. But that's not like – I mean, they they haven't they haven't been one of the five best teams in the NFC over the last five or six years. I mean, I think the Saints would be in that category. Uh, I think the Rams would be in that category, the Packers. I don't think I would put the Vikings as one of the five best teams in the NFC over the last five or six years, maybe six or seven. So from that standpoint, yes. And then I try to look forward and say, okay, well, what about the next three to five years? What With your current roster, forget about who you might draft in 2022, how many players, high-end players, are either emerging into their prime or could still be in their prime in 2025 or 2026. And Justin Jefferson's the the, the number one guy that jumps out. I think Brian O'Neill is going to be there. I think Christian Derrissaw is going to be at least an above average left tackle with upside to be more. Fingers crossed on Daniil Hunter. And he's not that old. He's like 26, 27. But man, the neck injury from last yeah. year, which he bounced back from, he, he looked this season like the old Daniil Hunter. But now... Another season-ending injury, uh, pectoral, right? So I don't know. I think he's he's young enough still to be in his prime for another four to five years. But that's the next thing. It's like who who's going to be playing at their peak for the next three to five-year window, and is it good enough to not have to rebuild if you wind up firing Mike Zimmer? And what players are you going to, if in uh, 10 to 15 years we talk about them, are you going to say it's a damn shame that so-and-so didn't get the chance to play for a championship? There's very few. Like, like it's not a long list. So if you squander the career of Kendricks, who I like and, and is definitely a building block guy, that's too bad. But I don't think when you go back and talk about his career, you're going to say Eric Kendricks, man, deserved to. And that's where I just land on guys like Jefferson, who – and there's a few of these guys who you can build around. Like they should be the they should be the building blocks, the foundation of a championship team. And if you're like just flailing away and not using them correctly and doing the well, we tried. Oh shucks, uh, that's a lousy excuse to me. Yeah. Here, here's another thing I was thinking about last night, just as I was for like the third night, just stewing about the Vikings. <laughs> Sunday you, night, I'm not just stewing, stewing. I'm not stewing anymore. Now so- I'm just at. I'm just at peace with it. I'm floating. Dude, it's so bad. Like so a lot of times I'll just put Twitter away, but like last night I'm looking, I'm just like, I'm, st- I'm reading tweets from like bill. Oh, six, seven, five, nine, three with no avatar. And I'm just like, yeah, let's yep. fight. Let's yep. fight about cousin. Yeah. Fight. He has no followers. <laughs> I think and, and his real name is, is uh old man. Thielen or something. That's the thing is I oh, wonder how burner, many burner accounts, how many burners I fight with. I know that I've been fighting with at least three of D'Angelo Russell's burner accounts this week. Mm. Yes, people like trying to make it seem like he's a Hall of Famer with like people. The I don't I don't think the Venn diagram of D'Lo stands overlaps much with Kirk stands because I think it's like separate yeah. fan bases sometimes. And but the way that people defend D'Lo in his career as just like a stat stuffing guy that plays on losing teams, which is what Kirk Cousins has mostly been too. Not losing. Te- D'Lo plays on losing teams. Cousins plays on 500 teams. But it's like, how many different ways can you blame everything else around someone before you start to shine the flashlight on the common denominator? But what I was going to say is, it's amazing to me over the last, because we were talking about the Wilfs on uh, Pie Chart Monday and even yesterday. It's amazing during the Wilf ownership era, so 15 or 16 years, 
how many different ways the Vikings have found to be a fringe playoff team. Like, and even before the Wilfs, at the end of the Red McCombs run, like there was the Dante Culpepper, Mike Tice era where it was offense, 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 and just try to not allow 30 points defensively. And all right, they, they won nine or 10 games doing that. And then uh, the Wilfs come along and they hire Brad Childress, the, like the pre-Brett Favre Brad Childress teams where they were 10 and 6 with Tavares Jackson and Gus Farratt, but a really good run-stuffing defense. And then uh, and then the C- Christian Ponder actually quarterbacked a 10-win playoff team once. Like they say so oh, he was good. more like along for the ride, yeah. but he was the quarterback for yep. a 10-win playoff team. Teddy Bridgewater in 2000-whatever that was, 15, uh, and now Kirk Cousins and like so – They've had like six different blueprints to get to the same point. Nine or ten wins, maybe seven or eight if you come up short. Maybe you win a playoff game, probably not, and then you get smoked in your next playoff game. And I think all of those other iterations, people were just like ready to just, okay, just move off it, move off it. This isn't good enough, right? But for some reason with this iteration, people feel the need to dig their heels in and say, well, it's not Kirk Cousins' fault as opposed to saying the whole thing's not working. Why is the whole thing not working? It's weird to me that well, like people are treating this iteration of mediocre Vikings football a little bit differently than like the five previous ones. It's changed because this is, this is largely the first uh, coaching staff and quarterback in which Twitter has been huge. Cause I, I got on Twitter in 2009 and Twitter was not huge yet. And so there used to be, you know, chat boards or you, you could call into sports talk shows but the stands couldn't take control then. Like the stands couldn't get out there and, and have their voice heard. So I think what we're seeing now is really the first time where where Twitter and forms of immediate communication are so strong mm-hmm. that the Kirk stands and the Zim stands can be like, you don't understand. You you guys don't get it. I think those people have been there, but they, they couldn't be as vocal. Um, but here's the frustrating thing, starting with Childress. So the Childress, not the Frazier, because that that was too quick and not successful, and Zimmer. So those two coaching tenures have had the right buildup without the payoff. Uh, The Childress one went 2006, got off to a good start, fell apart. 2007 made a playoff like small run, didn't make it. 2008 made the playoffs, really good team, no quarterback, got Favre, NFC title game, Super Bowl, right? Like the payoff was Super Bowl, right? Like this is the culmination. No. Okay. So then we get to Zimmer. 2014, seven and nine, I think. Improved, not great. 2015, oh boy, the quarterback's playing. Oh, oh, look at this. Now, now disappointing loss. But when when I think what we forget is when Blair Walsh missed that field goal at TCF Bank Stadium. It's really disappointing at the time, but it's also like the future looks pretty bright here. Like, yeah. like, like things are going well. You got your quarterback. Uh, Sixteen blew up, but to their credit, seventeen come back. Thirteen and three. Keenum's. Oh my God, the defense is finally really, really good. Get to the a- NFC title game. Super Bowl's in your backyard. This is gonna be. Oh no, got blown out right, and then it goes down again. So what we don't get here from at least those two coaching tenures is the payoff, yeah? which we deserve. <laughs> and then I it, mean, at some point, you should get that. And then it always, like, you know, the Wilfs took over 16 years ago. They've gone to the playoffs six times. And so 
they're going to the playoffs like once every two or three years. And then like of those six, one in three are NFC championship games. So basically once every like decade, they go to the NFC championship game. So it's this, it's a build, it's a build, it's a build. Then they go and then the bottom falls out. Off the cliff. And then, and, and so there's, and the reason why, and this is where I just don't understand people that watch the games that they don't understand this. The reason why you don't have sustained high-level success over the course of 5, 10, 15 years is because of your quarterback situation. That's the biggest difference. When you're the Green Bay Packers and you have Aaron Rodgers for 15 years, you're probably not going to have like three consecutive missed playoff seasons, right? Which I'm guessing they I don't think they've done. I think they've probably missed the playoffs maybe three times in Aaron Rodgers' career. And you could say the same about the other like seven or eight best quarterbacks. Even when the Seahawks have a train wreck roster around Russell Wilson, they're still winning 10, 11, 12 games. And they're getting in because their quarterback is such a great leader and he's dynamic and he makes plays late, right? And he can improv. And it's like people look at Cousins' stats and they say, well, if you could just like put these things around him, that's not how the NFL works. Like this, this whole idea of aspiring to a perfect roster around your quarterback is a myth. It doesn't exist. You can pick out maybe a few times in NFL history where it's happened, where everything's perfect and everyone's healthy and everything. More often than not, even Super Bowl winning teams are dealing with injuries or like a couple big holes on defense or a rickety like left guard or something. And the quarterback elevates everyone and rises above. And so you wonder why the Vikings are on such a roller coaster ride through like different coaches and eras. It's because they've never had that type of dude at quarterback. Maybe Dante for like a couple years and Brett Favre for one year. But it's, it's actually kind of amazing when you flip it around the other way and you say, well, the Vikings have never had like sustained great quarterback play. It's always like a Dante pop up year or a child or a, a Favre pop up year. And yet, they're still pretty competitive year in and year out. It's like you could flip it around and have it be a compliment to the Vikings too, but but like there's no reason to keep paying a good, not great quarterback that much money and expecting that you're going to be a perennial Super Bowl contender. It's not right. possible. Well, and and to me, it's not a compliment. It's the curse. The curse. The curse is well, we're good enough. Well, yeah, but do you win championships ever? And yeah, I mean, the last time that this team had sustained quarterback success for its era is Tarkington. And, and Fran didn't win Super Bowls, but he got there. Why? Because he was damn good. So I think the point, though, is the opportunity occasionally presents itself w- without a great QB to win a championship. But that's why you can't go and play the game against the Eagles and get embarrassed and blown out. Nick Foles won a Super Bowl as a backup quarterback on an Eagles team in 2017 in the same year that everything went right for the Vikings. And as hard as it is for us to comprehend, there is no reason why the Vikings couldn't have won that Super Bowl. There's not. Everything went right. That was a magical year. Case Keenum had a a one-off year that was just great. And your defense was awesome. But what can't you do? You can't go into Philadelphia and get steamrolled, trained. I mean, just completely wrecked. And they did. And so that was never going to be 
probably sustained success. But what that was going to be was, hey, here is a magical year. We are presenting you. And, and that's what this league is about, right? Like we go back and talk about the Buccaneers. Want, well, why? Why? Magical year. Really good defense. Ravens, same thing. And for the Vikings, I don't know how they do it, but their magical years for the most part in the last 21, 22, 23 years, they get to the most important games and pee down their pant leg, yeah. which is exactly what you're not supposed to do there. Uh, so the 2017 loss in that sense is infuriating because everything was in place for you to play Super Bowl in your home stadium. And by the way, with that team to win it. And you never gave yourself a chance. Yeah. Philadelphia also, did. Also, too, 2017 was that was the one year where you actually did have a record good enough in the regular season, which has been a, that's been a problem for the Vikings is that they just they play this conservative sort of close to the vest style of football under Mike Zimmer, and it doesn't maximize their chances to go toward as Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus, our friend would say, to the high end of the variance and win twelve or thirteen games and play home playoff games. Well, they had that that year. They won 13 games in the regular season. They got to play at home against the Saints, and it probably helped them jump out to a three-touchdown lead, and then they needed the miracle to win that game. But, you know, the, a lot of these other teams, the Packers, Seattle throughout the last 10 years or so, I mean, the Patriots obviously with the greatest quarterback of all time, when they get to January, they're not lining up four road games or three road games and then a neutral site Super Bowl. You know, but but what about the Giants in 2007? Stop pointing at outliers. Well, you can win a Super Bowl with Trent Dilfer. Right. Well, but most of the Super Bowls but, are won by Hall of Famers or rookie contract quarterbacks. But that's the frustrating thing is the Vikings have been th those teams occasionally, and they don't capitalize on that either. That's true. So, like, what do you capitalize on? What do yep. you do here? <laughs> like, do you – you don't have a QB. I get that. Okay. You know, if every – 12 years, 15 years, you pop up though. And it's like, oh my God, this is a magical season. And and that's when, that's why like the Giants comparison or the Buccaneers or Baltimore is so fraudulent. What did they do? They completed the deal. Yeah, it's true. Vikings have been there. They can't complete the deal. Yep. And I, I, just, and again, I hate it. Like, oh, what, what the Buccaneers won a Super Bowl with Brad Johnson. Therefore, you should continue forward with non-elite yeah, no, quarterbacks. Agreed. And then of course, it's, well, where are you going to find an elite quarterback? And I'm like, well... I mean, other teams have them. Right. The Bills drafted but Josh Allen. This the, is the Chiefs drafted Patrick Mahomes. This is why we'll I find one. This is why I am all for uh project overhaul with the Vikings because I don't think this GM has the ability to find that guy. And I'm not saying I can, but I'm saying somebody can find the people that that can do that. I mean, there are yeah. There are people, yes, it's some luck, but clearly there are people who have a better idea of how to identify that guy than some. And, and Rick Spielman, going back to his time with the Dolphins, has never shown that ability. And Teddy's unfortunate. But, but you know what? Absolving Rick on Teddy is a lot like the, it's not Kirk's fault. Well, it's not Rick's fault that he, his leg snapped. Okay, but he's had other chances. He drafted Ponder. He signed Cousins out of complete and utter desperation. He so has I'm, chosen Mond over either 
um, Mac Jones or a trade up for Justin exactly. Fields. So, so let's. So I'm and maybe he was right. Maybe he was right. We haven't seen right. But I'm tired of well, Teddy. I mean, let's look at Teddy. That's you know, that's not Rick's fault. Why is it always? Oh, it's not. You know, it's not Kirk's fault. It's not Rick's fault. It's not Mike's fault. It's not. At the end of the day, it's a professional sport. Somebody has to yeah. fall on the sword and take responsibility. Yeah, and and also you 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 point out your lack of faith in Rick's ability to identify a franchise quarterback. I think that process is a little bit of a crapshoot, and I think. I think the other bin is developing a franchise quarterback because we see Absolutely. the finished product of Patrick Mahomes, but we're also kind of seeing a glimpse now of Patrick Mahomes the last six weeks or so, or maybe mm-hmm. even the whole season. We're kind of seeing like what the worst case scenario of Patrick Mahomes was if he didn't wind up with Andy Reid and sitting behind Alex Smith. You know, there there is a, a range of outcomes for every quarterback that gets drafted. And when you are David Carr 20 years ago getting drafted by the expansion Houston Texans with no offensive line, yes, you know maybe there's another world where you get drafted by the Patriots and you get developed by Wizards and you get to sit behind Drew Bledsoe for a full season or something, right? Like right. Tom Brady did. And I, I just that's the, other, that's the other problem. Like even if they identify the quarterback, maybe Mon's the guy. Right, but, but do you have faith in Clint Kubiak and Mike Zimmer to get the no. most possible out of Kellen Mond's development in these first, well, the first year, maybe two, if anyone's still around next year? Absolutely not. And if you I, put Patrick Mahomes with the same crew, right. what does he look like? Well, and and on Rick, on Rick's desperation in signing Kirk, how little the Vikings and Spielman in particular knew about Kirk is alarming. Like the red flags now, if I. Phil, if I told you, if we went back to 2017 and I ran the Vikings and and you were my assistant GM and I said, we got to vet this guy. Like, I want to sign this guy. You wouldn't come why, back. Why is he available? Right. And But then you would go scout him and watch him, right, and talk to people. And you'd come back and be like, uh, there's a lot of red flags here. The Vikings didn't see, as far as I can tell, any of them. And if they did and ignored them, that's worse. But this also goes back to, and this is the most important thing, and this is what I want from uh, the new administration once they're in place for 2022. What I want from them is this. Your GM, your coach, and eventually, if not immediately, the quarterback that you choose all need to work in sync and tandem now. Mm -hmm. So So like when you say... Because I agree with your point. When you say, do you trust this current administration to develop Mond? I don't. But I don't give Rick a pass there. One, Rick hired the coach, signed off on the coaching staff. And two is that development is so crucial that when you draft Mond, I want everybody in lockstep about how you're going to do it. Like, don't bring him in the building and be like, okay, Kellen Mond, what can we do? Because he looks like a new age quarterback. Yeah. So like, 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 that's do you my think problem. This is a little bit, like, this is probably an unfair question because we don't know. But I'm going to ask it anyways. And then we'll shut up and get to write that down predictions and admit that we were wrong about a lot of things. Enjoying this discussion. Do you think Mike Zimmer has spent over or under an hour this season one-on-one with Kellen Mond? Um, like in, in terms of development of a quarterback like from the beginning of training camp until now has he spent more than an hour one-on-one talking with kellen mond oh yeah i'd say 15 minutes probably half hour maybe so what's the point of drafting him? 
Correct. That's my that, right. But that's why I'm blowing everybody out because I want. And we might be wrong. He maybe he spends an hour every well, week like he does with Kirk. In which case, sorry. I have no, <laughs> I have no faith in the ability of anyone in that building currently to take Mond clearly a a, a you know a piece of clay who needs to be molded and develop that clay. Yeah. <sighs> so. Wow. Uh, so did the Vikings miss their window? I guess there's your answer. Don't screw up Jefferson. Thirty minute answer. Don't there. make Jefferson <laughs> want to go to Buffalo. Kellen, we we are we are chasing people to Buffalo, New York. Of all the outposts, of all the hell holes, we now are getting our best players in this town to say, "I'd rather be in Buffalo, New York, than Minneapolis." Kellen Sorry, squared. Kellen squared. Kellen Morgan. Kellen Mond. You just Kellen squared. Print the shirts. I'm ready to go. And Kellen Mond might not work. I mean, we don't know anything about yeah. him. Yeah. And ordinarily, I would that. say, why is he not at this point in the season? If if Sean Mannion continues to be the backup, like has Mond not shown enough in basically three months, four months since the beginning of training camp to not be elevated to the backup yet? Like no that. Faith. Ordinarily, that would concern me a little bit, but you know, who what? knows what these guys? Yeah, they have. They. I feel very safe making the statement. They have no idea what they're doing offensively. Yeah, like they they've got no clue. Totally agree. So so like Kellen Mond might be might be bleeping um, Peyton Manning, and yeah. they and they'd be yeah. like, and they'd be like, uh, yeah, I, I, he's young. They they have a running back who has unbelievable speed, who returned a kickoff for a touchdown, who could be used in in like two packages to wreak havoc on opponents. He's two thousand twenty one. He's perfect for it. And they're like, yeah, we really don't have any plays for him. 2021, uh, oh, I should say week nine special teams player of the week in the NFC. What would a Madden player, what would a Madden player do with that kid in, in his or her game? Seriously, yeah, he'd be he'd great in Madden. Right. Hey, we gotta, go. we, no. gotta, we gotta go. We gotta go. We gotta go. We gotta go. Write this down. We gotta go. All right. Uh, write that down. Coming up next year. Sports talking heads make predictions, then hope you forget about how wrong they were. But not Mackie and Judd. Write this down. This is the big leagues, where we own our terrible predictions. Write that down. And keep track of each other's batting averages. It's Write That Down. Write it down. You like writing things down. With Mackie and Judd. Yep. Yep. When are you guys going to admit that you were wrong? Every Wednesday. Yeah, boy. Every Wednesday, I yeah. write that down. Mackie and Joe, we do football-centric version on Purple Daily, which you can find. And uh, we're going to get our guest, listener, predictor, friend, and show researcher Robert in here in just a second to take his swings. But this is how it works. Three predictions from everybody each week. They must be quantifiable. And we keep track of all of the correct and incorrect predictions using batting averages and home runs. And if you guys want to participate... You can send us a message through the Score North app. Just it's free to download. It's the central hub for everything we do at Score North and Judd's written work. And there's a feedback tab at the bottom of the Score North app, or you can slide into Declan Goff's DMs on Twitter or Instagram. He will respond favorably to that. Um, but hey, he's taken, ladies. So yep. nope, sorry. You know, just be careful. Right. All right. So boys, no uh, it's the, the story lately has been Judd's. Epic slump. I mean, this is like Bobby Abreu after the home run derby oh type God. stuff here. Great call. Okay. I'm the 64 Phillies, 78 Red Sox, <laughs> like just completely come unglued. 
you're the 2021 twins, but at the beginning of the season, like this is happening to you. you know, no, no, but I season. feel no, but I feel like this is a pennant race, or like I I was in control all summer long. You're right? the wolves. You're the wolves in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and, and now I've just like this is an epic. This is a, a this is a write that down slump for the ages. It really is. Did I see right? The wolves the the wolves have by far the worst plus minus fourth quarter rating or net rating no, guy, and it's no. like they're like a. They're like a minus 30 points per 100 possessions in the fourth quarter. This Feels year. like someday it's going to change. <laughs> Feels like damn Vikings. I hate the twins. Oh, the wolves. I mean, they, I mean, yeah, it's bad, but it's not that bad. Right. So, so Judd has been clinging to the batting average lead here I think it's gone going into this week. And Declan's been nipping and just I clawing. I think it's gone this week. I, I, got uh, a feeling that I didn't have a great week. Oh, also, up until this week, I should mention, Judd, it's been, I believe, 33 consecutive predictions from you that have not come off the board favorably. So they've either not come off the board yet or they've been incorrect. Yeah, no, I know. Thanks. That's a slump. Yep. Yeah, good job. Let's oh, get he to is. Judd here. All right, a lot of red here. A lot of red here. The Judd said the Wolves will beat the Clippers in... You criticize me for being a Wolves apologist. Look well, at these two predictions. The Clippers they, were struggling. Beat, the Clippers are awesome, dude. The Clippers were struggling. No, the, no, the Clippers played the Wolves. Okay, I should have counted Paul for that. George. They, yeah, I Paul mean, George was they're great. a good team, man. Okay, well, I that Clippers team without Kawhi Leonard went like almost went to the finals last year. They were struggling when they came here, but <laughs> I was wrong. I feel like five hundred. The Clippers yeah, are, like and they've got, and Teron Liu isn't. No, they coach. they were below when they came here. Okay, uh, you said the Wolves will go exactly seven and three in their first ten games Whoops. of was the a, season. No, I two and zero is great, right? Two and zero is great. I'm telling you, that's right. They started two and zero. God, all right. You said five or more MLB managers will be fired after the 2021 season, and we, I mean, the regular season ended over a month no, ago. That's fair. Yeah, I think it's three. Yeah, well, the, the, the the there's one the, the American League I don't think has fired any manager. Why was Aaron Why is Aaron Boone back with an extension? Like he, I was banking on him being fired. Didn't Didn't Bob Melvin oh, resign? I don't think he was fired. Oh, he was not fired. Yeah, no. he was. He was they, 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 yeah, the, mutually the stepped down or something. Basically, sold him off. Yeah. I think is what happened. Yeah. No, I'm wrong. All right, you said, and I'm assuming that the press release of the Twins coaching staff additions means that Wes Johnson is coming back as the pitching coach. You said he wasn't. He's still listed today on their website, along with Jace Tingler. And the, oh, yeah. No, he's and not the big. 31-year-old hitting coach no, it's guy. Wrong. No, it's wrong. It's wrong. You're right. It's wrong. We, we could stop there. Why did they hire a 31-year-old hitting coach? Because he is an analytics maven, I guarantee it. Pa- Patrick explained it. This is the new thing. You have the greatest thing now is it, it used to be ball guys, right? Like that ball guy used to play guys. second base for the Red Sox, and now he's the first base coach. Now it's some guy who's like 22, and he's really smart. He's some slappy from Harvard or Okay, his name, is, his name is David Popkins. And <laughs> David Popkins. This dude was, I shouldn't laugh. I'm Judd Zolgan. Well, I don't get like. How is this guy? Okay, so here's his. All right, so he was he went to uh, St. Augustine High School in San Diego. He attended UC Davis, smart. where he played played college baseball for UC Davis. Uh, he was undrafted, fifty rounds undrafted, which is fine. Like you don't have to be a great player, but it helps. Right, right. right. He signed with the St. Louis Cardinals as an undrafted guy, reached Double A in 2014, then played independent ball in 2020. The Dodgers named Popkins as hitting coach for the Arizona Dodgers in like the deep, deep levels of the minor leagues. Yep. 
And then in 2021, he coached for the Great Lakes Loons, which I think is their double A or triple A. Yeah. And I, I think I read that he played in the American Association when the Saints were in it, not for the Saints, but yeah. so like he, he was not a good player. But it's no, so it's no longer when it comes to the hitting coach about the mechanics. Oh my it's God. The it's the approach. An it's an yeah. A ball team. Yeah. No. It, so his, but, his, his top level experience in the, in professional baseball is as an A level hitting coach. Yeah. That's the new, and he's is, the major league hitting coach yes. for Josh Donaldson now. Yes. He was playing for the. What are they doing? He was playing for the Sioux Falls Canaries in 2017. When they made the changes initially, when when they when they reassigned the previous hitting coach, they said this: "There's the new wave now is analytics-driven guys. It's not the mechanics; it's the approach, and they actually bring information." But you have, but like, and I get that I'm yelling at you, and yeah, you're, you're the best. Yeah, don't like, take it out on me. I didn't do anything but, wrong. I didn't hire this guy. I'm a. I'm listen. I am. I I read fan graphs every single morning when I wake up and yeah, drink well, my coffee. coffee tea, We're right? going to okay? But, job. And I'm I'm as analytically driven of a baseball viewer yeah. as you'll find here. Okay, there is a human element here. You have to communicate the things that you see on a spreadsheet or you know, in a in a database to human beings that don't care. And you're 31 years old. Like, how are you going to walk up to Josh Donaldson and be like, "Hey, man, uh, so uh, I saw a couple things here." Like, he's, he's going to tell you to do. buzz off. That's not what he's going to do. He is going to go up to Josh and say, "The square root of three is such and such." <laughs> such. So, if you divide that by four, add 12, subtract 13, oh, we now God. have your correct All approach. Right. Why? You know what? Instead of complaining, why don't why don't you apply to be the Mariners? Hitting coach, you'll get the job. You'll make three hundred thousand or five hundred thousand. You'll be yeah. rich, and then and then you can be happy. And then you can tell whoever plays for that that team now because I've lost track. Uh, pretty pretty soon, it sounds like Marcus Semyon might play for that. Mark, team. Okay, you can tell Marcus. Like the Twins okay. have the guts to sign Trevor Story or Marcus. Here's Semien? how you get Probably the fifty five home runs, Marcus. That's what you can tell. I don't know, man. Maybe I'll be wrong here, but it just seems it just seems weird. And then you said the 76ers will trade Ben Simmons before the Sabres trade yeah. Jack Eichel. It's the part and parcel of my slump. I, I don't want to talk about this anymore. However, slump buster has arrived in the form of this prediction. Judd said either the Blackhawks or the Maple Leafs or both will make a coaching change by December. Come on down, Blackhawks. The Maple Leafs do it too or just the Blackhawks? No, just the Blackhawks, but that's fine. Okay. In fact, oh, so Judd is on the board. Hot. The Leafs got damn. Yeah, hot. no team. I was just looking at playoff odds by the Athletic today. Uh, the Blackhawks had a forty percent chance to make the postseason in their preseason projections. It's at one as of today. Yeah, that's that's rough. They won a couple. One percent. Here come the Hawks. So let's actually give Judd a round of applause here. There you go, Judd. Way to go. Nice job. All right, rough week for old Macadac here. Oh, Macadac. He said. He also said the Wolves would, I think, beat the Clippers twice and also Memphis. They had, in fairness, huge leads in at least two of those games. <laughs> no. You didn't you didn't point that out when I you pointed my wrong predictions out. I said I was... Edwards would drop 40 in one of those games. I think he took 40 shots in one of those games. Yep. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov will score a goal or more in each of the next two games. Couldn't get one against the Islanders, unfortunately. Uh, Jameis Winston will lead the NFL in passing yards this season. Probably not going to happen anymore. I said the Twins would part ways with two major league coaches, including Wes Johnson, by December 1st. 
and that Jose Barrios. I oh. said this. I said this five or six years ago that Jose Barrios would win a Cy Young award by the end of 2021. Mm. Mm. Rough week. All right, the listeners. Earl last week said the Ravens will win by 20 points or more. No faith in the Vikings. Chad said Justin Jefferson will have 100 or more receiving yards and one receiving touchdown in three of the next four games. Mm. Um, I, I took that to mean that he'll have 101 like linked together yeah. in three of the next four games, yeah. and he, he has not had right. those linked together in either of the last two. Uh, Kip said by the NFL trade deadline, the Vikings will trade Kirk Cousins to the Broncos for Teddy Bridgewater. I would have loved Wade that. Wade said the Vikings will finish the regular season with 13 wins, and they will win the North. Like they can't, Mathematically, they can't win 13 games anymore, right? Correct. Yeah, because they, they play 17 losses. games. So 12, 12 is the most they can Correct. win at this point. But Gibby comes up to the plate, knocks a little dirt off the cleats, and says this. A parlay. A star player for the Vikings will miss a game due to COVID, Harrison Smith. They will lose the game. And Irv Smith will average fewer than six targets a game in oh. 2021. Gibby. Circle the bases. Gibby. Love it. Gibby goes long. That's a three-item parlay that came off the board with Harrison Smith going on the COVID list and the Vikings losing. All right, Declan, you had a couple things here. You said Fiala, Kaprizov. Eck will all score a goal between last week and this week's. Write that down. Your guy Fiala just can't get one. Yeah, I'll get there. I'll get there. And then you said uh, Capo's next start. The Wild will win, and he will make at least 25 saves. He only had 19 saves. Yeah. Oh, you got screwed by yeah. by the third period. They only gave up two shots. Yeah, they gave up like three. They had, I think uh, I was tracking oh, that because no. when I'm watching these hockey games, I'm more watching for my write that down than I am for the necessary yeah. benefit of the team. I'm more looking out for me. And, <laughs> I can um, confirm. And I remember, I think I said, oh, Judd, look, they're at 19 shots. I'll be good here. I'll, uh, just six shots on goal. That's all I need here. Or six more saves, I should say, and I'll be fine. No. Yep. The clamps were put down by the Minnesota Wild. So with that, Hell. Declan Goff ba- backs Back his in. way into oh my God, a batting average lead. Declan at 346, <laughs> Judd at 343. Oh. I'm down to 293, but I actually gained points on both of you, I think. Uh, listeners at 273. Oh my God. But they, the listeners lead with seven home runs. Judd with six home runs. Declan and I each with four home runs <laughs> on the season. So oh. there it is, boys. That's your accountability oh. session presented by Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Federated's here to help business owners sleep better at night, quite frankly. You know, think about like cold weather season now. There's a lot of things that cold weather can do to impact your business negatively. Well, Federated comes in with risk management tools and resources that uh, you may need. Maybe you're interested in talking to somebody or just checking out the risk management corner at federatedinsurance.com. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right. Heck of an accountability session there. Let's get our guy in here. He is guest listener predictor Robert. And Robert, you sent us you sent us research on the Vikings, and it looks like you did hours of research. And we want to give you a platform before you make predictions here. Uh, just real quickly – through all of your Vikings research, give us two main interesting takeaways for the audience. Sure. So I'm a data analyst as my main job. So I figured I'd grab some data and pull it and 
figure out what the trend for the Vikings are. And the two main takeaways for the Vikings are that when they give up points right before the halftime, like two minutes or less, um, they are absurdly bad or much <laughs> worse than they normally are, right? So they're, they're completely average for the last 20 years. They're like 170, 170, and two because they have two mm-hmm. ties. When they give up points right before the half, they got a 40% win rate. And when they don't, they've got like a 60% win rate. So yeah, huge swings. It's a huge indicator. Interesting. And the other one is that for this current season, they're on pace to break that record. They're giving up points left and right to teams all right before the half. 10 before the Bengals, 10 for the Bengals, 11 for the um, Browns, 11 for the Browns, and another, I think, 10 for the Cardinals. Just absurd. You're giving them more than, more than two scores in a two-minute span. I mean, that's just, that's nuts, guys. I love it. And it, I think that's interesting. I mean, and think about, like, to your point about the last 20 years, that their win rate drops to 40% when they give up points right before the half. Just how deflating it is. I mean, football... We talk about the strategy and the X's and O's, but like it's also it's also built a lot on emotion and the feeling of momentum and things that are harder to quantify. If you go into the half, like last week against the Ravens, it felt like the Vikings should have been leading that game by three touchdowns. And instead, they're in a one-touchdown game, and the Ravens go into the half probably thinking, and I can't remember, the Ra- I think the Ravens did score right before the half, but the Ravens are probably thinking, oh, this is great. We should be down by 20, and these idiots let their foot off the gas pedal. So how how do you look if you are the Vikings? How how do you look at that trend or or that statistic, and say you know what when we get the ball right before the the half that we need to do we need to take our foot off the gas and accept that the half is coming. Like if you see that if you see that right, don't you think? Oh my God! Oh look, it deflates a team if we score right before the half. But when they have the ball. What do they do? They're like, okay, half's done. Yeah. So, so like it, it should it should incentivize you to then flip the stat, right? Yeah. And not be like, ah, that's too bad. Kirk no, can't I, score. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! All right. So um, here's how this is going to work, Robert. You're going to make the first uh, prediction, and then it'll go Judd over to Declan, back to me. Three trips around the room. This is your first ever appearance. I write that down. So soak it all in. Take a look around at the lights. Write this down. The people in the stands. Go ahead, Robert. All right. I'm, I'm going for what I consider a bunt single with how this, uh, this, <laughs> this season is going. So uh, the Vikings last season gave up 70 points within the last two minutes of the half. Uh, and that's the most in my data research. And I'm pretty sure it's the most in franchise history. That's an average of giving up 4.4 points per game in the last two minutes, which is nuts, right? They're on pace right now. So far, they've given up 45 points, and we're like barely halfway through the season. They're on. They're averaging giving up 5.6 points a game, basically a touchdown before halftime, on average. So my prediction is that they're going to give up 71 points or more throughout the whole season within the last two minutes, right before the half. Okay. And I, I don't consider that a home run at all. And that's the first half. Are you talking about the first half? The or? first half. So the, so the, <laughs> the two minutes right before that half. That doesn't even count the second half or overtime. It's the no, first no, half. No, no, it's, no. It's just the period of time right before the half ends with the last two minutes. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. All right. That's, uh, that's so depressing. Okay, back over to Dex. Dex, you got that? Yeah. Yep, I got it. Okay. Right, back over to Judge. Write that down. Cool. Dex, track that. Um, okay, as I try and break out of my deep, deep funk and slump, 
Kirill Kaprizov will score at least two goals on the Wilds' current three-game trip, which they start tonight, Arizona, Vegas, Seattle. So Declan Kaprizov will have at least two goals in the next three games is what it comes down to. Okay. All right, there it is. Write this down. Dex. All right, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to continue to speak this into bleeping existence until it happens, and I'm going to just keep it as a very simple, fun single. Kevin Fiala will score a goal between now and next week's Write That Down. I'm going to keep saying this until it happens. And if I keep being wrong, that's fine. It just hurts my batting average. But I, uh, for, they have four games over the next seven days. Kevin Fiala will score a damn goal and break out of this 10-game slump between now and next week's Write That Down. All right. It's like the ninth time Declan has made I'm, this. Right I'm going to keep speaking it in. That's all right. All right. Uh, write this down. I want to make a wild prediction for you guys. So they haven't exactly been stingy like that. There's only been one game this season where they've allowed fewer than two goals, and they have no shutouts. The first game of the mm-hmm. year, they beat the Ducks 2-1. to one. In every game since, they've allowed at least two goals, and yet they're winning most of those games, which is a, it's a testament. It's a testament to their goal scoring without Kevin Fiala really joining the party yet. So here's my prediction. They play four games between now and next week's Write That Down. The Wild will pitch a shutout at some point, and I'm not going to count, like, Here's the technicality I don't want. If they if they somehow go to a shootout 0-0 and then lose in the shootout, I still I still get it. They okay. will allow zero zero goals in regular play, regulation or overtime. I got it. Okay. At I'll, some yeah. point in the next four games. Yeah. Okay. So write that down. Got write it. this down. That might even be a home run, but I'm not gonna. It's. It's four games. So. It's four games. I, I'm not gonna Let, vouch let's for de- it. But let's debate we'll it. Debate it. If it happens. Circumstance. Because okay. it ain't yeah. going to happen. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's my point. It's unlikely. Yeah. So, all right. Back over to Robert. All right. So, I'm a huge hockey fan. And my team is the New York Islanders. So, congratulations love to it. the Wild. You guys oh, are nice team. Five, too. I love uh, your team. Wild, Wild are my, you know, Western Conference. You know, that's who I root for. Um, so, write this down. The Wild or the Islanders or both will reach their conference title games so t- conference series right the, not final. the stanley cup the game before that okay conference final conference final. Yep. Zach, Zach parisi adding some uh oh, some Zach. juice and some yeah. Yeah. he's as slow as i am now it's <laughs> unbelievable just plotting yeah, right. plotting is the correct word all right it's me yep d'angelo russell will have 30 or more points against golden state tonight so oh, the revenge the wolves game. play golden state um, D'Angelo's going to get his shots. Let's just say that he's going to get his shots and he is going to probably make his shots because he's going to be motivated for this game. So Declan 30 or more points to that for D'Angelo. Okay. Is it going to be, who's going to get more revenge? Is it going to be D'Lo or Andrew Wiggins? Wiggins I could see Wiggins dropping like yeah. 20 points on eight shots or something. Ridiculous. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's true. Actually, he won't do that, but it'll be 20 points on like 16 shots. So, all right, Declan. Write this down. Uh, another Wolves prediction for me as well. I'm just going to say the Wolves will win at least one of their next two games in these back-to-backs against the Warriors and Lakers. Damn, you stole my prediction. Yep. The Wolves will win at least one of their okay. two games in their back-to-backs against the Warriors and Lakers. Okay. Come on, Mackie. All right, because I said I was going to say the Wolves will shock the world and win one of their next three games, which I could because it's you a can, slightly different you can prediction. still use it, yeah. But now that Declan one-upped it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tweak it. Write this down. All right. The Wolves will beat the Lakers. I'm not going to guarantee anything in the other games. The Wolves will beat the Lakers. Okay. 
Write it down. Got it. Write this down. Okay. Back to Robert, your third and final prediction. All right. I've got a four-part parlay here. All right. So oh, wow, dude. I'm betting on Vikings mediocrity and a little hockey here. Okay. So part one, Vikings will at some point this season get back to 500. Part two, they will not have a top 10 pick at, for next year's draft. Part three, they will either get the seventh seed or just miss the playoffs entirely. So that's an or, right? I'm, I'm betting on them doing what they always do, being mm-hmm. mediocre. And then part four, Matthew Barzell of the Islanders will end the season with a plus minus rating of plus 20 <laughs> or greater. I so love the part. I love the imagine, dude. So, so the, the Vikings wow. part's guaranteed. I'm just hoping that, you know. <laughs> The Barzell thing happens. This is like the most wow. degen thing ever. Like this is the guy who goes to the sports book and bets like it's like a yep. six game NFL parlay and then throws in like the Hawks, know, the Hawks like, a, like, like a Maction game or something. Yeah, yep. and <laughs> I I got, they'll probably get the six seed because I just mentioned all of that. They'll probably get like the six seed and like be nine and eight or something. Oh God, yeah. that's great. Well, Robert, this is awesome. Thanks for uh, the research that you brought to the show as well and the and the depressing Viking stats. Since you've got this platform here on Mackie and Judd, is there anyone in your life you'd like to thank that brought you to this pinnacle moment? Yeah, absolutely. My dad, for, for being a Vikings fan, I mean, as he brainwashed me as a child. So if the Vikings won, got candy, we went out for ice cream, he was in, in a good mood. Vikings lost. My my mom was like, maybe maybe don't talk to your dad tonight. You know, like you know, the, the mood of the house is going to be dependent on on the Vikings. Poor so, guy. Oh yeah. my gosh, it's so tough. Well, great stuff. That's guest listener predictor Robert. Thanks, Robert. <laughs> Thanks guys, bringing Thank knowledge to the show. All right, Judd, your third and final prediction here. Adrian Peterson will not end the regular season on the Tennessee Titans roster. What he do you mean? He scored, scored a, touchdown. a touchdown. He had like he scored a he, touchdown. He had like. 12 yards or something. He No, he ain't going to end it on the roster. Adrian Peterson. Dude, he just needs well, a couple games to get, yeah, to get you know, loose. Th- thanks, thanks. Get loose. He's loose. Yeah, he's loose. All he's day. loose and he's been cut. Should have done he turned dancing down with the Should have done it. Yeah. He's, you know, he, why don't you, why didn't you do that, man? Because he thought he was going to sign with a Baltimore. Uh, when, when, when Baltimore had those backs go out, Adrian Peterson thought the Ravens will sign me. Dude, what are you talking? Well, uh, well, the Titans are better than the Ravens. Titans us down. Yeah, whatever. All right, Declan. <laughs> uh, primetime parlay. I'm bringing this back for football. Primetime parlay for me in the, in the primetime games. I will say the Ravens will beat the Dolphins. The Chiefs beat the Raiders. Rams beat the Niners. So Thursday night football tonight, Baltimore, or uh, tomorrow, I should say, Baltimore and Miami. Ravens win that one. Chiefs beat the Raiders on Sunday night football. Rams beat the Niners on Monday night football. Love it. And then this final one for me here, because I can't stop with the Wolves' predictions. Leandro Balmaro will play at least ten minutes in a game for the to clarify for the Timberwolves, not the Iowa Wolves, because he's playing a lot for the Iowa Wolves. They send him down every other day. Yeah, sometime between now and next week's, write that down. They're going to go to the Leandro Balmaro well. You Sometime between now and next week's, write that down for at least 10 minutes. In sick game. son of a, you know what? You are so <laughs> sick. You tried to milk Jinxie. Intervention. We need a Wolves intervention for Macadac. Declan, that's what we need to put on the plate. No, no he's fine. If, if he wants to. He I, I, a no, 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 no. I, I'm under the sense of you worry about you. 
and 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 let Phil worry about himself See, here. If you're he, not a good if, friend. If, 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 no, no, no. I'm a great friend. Friends I'm don't let, let him, friends no, make Balmero predictions. I, no. I'd worry about your batting average. Yeah, there, Judge. dropping I, about seventy five points in the last two months. Oh, I'm da- I'm so about. down about that right now. <laughs> um. All right, that's a wrap here on Write That Down Accountability Session. Mackie and Judd every Wednesday. Tomorrow, a little reckless speculation. Thursday, I'm uh, I'm traveling, but you guys will have Doogie on the show tomorrow. And if you missed the Alex Boone episode of Purple Daily yesterday, it is a full inside look at the Vikings' offensive line and even quarterback sort of line of scrimmage struggles. Some great stuff there. So thanks for hanging out with us. We'll see you guys tomorrow. With winter weather making it harder to stay active, here's a gift idea for the outdoor adventurer in your life. The Allbirds Mizzle Collection. The Allbirds Mizzle is designed for those who won't take snow for an answer, featuring built-in puddle guard technology to keep the winter wonderland where it belongs, not in your shoe. The weather-ready sole offers enhanced traction, so you go on winter runs with confidence, and it's made with premium ZQ Merino wool, a naturally insulating material that keeps your feet warm and sports a low environmental impact. Allbirds displays their carbon footprint right on the shoe, so you can see the difference for yourself. On top of that, they actually offset the carbon footprint to zero, making their missile collection completely carbon neutral. So you can stay warm and dry while trading lighter. This holiday season, get on their nice list when you shop the Allbirds Mizzle Collection. Discover your perfect pair at Allbirds.com. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Meet the One for All card. Perfect for Aunt Edith, your dog walker, and even what's-his-name. With over 100 great brands and no fees, it's the one gift for all. Available in stores and at giftcards.com. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone.